broadcasting live out of a basement in Appleton, Wisconsin. You're tuned in to Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. We're the show that gives you an opportunity to call in and be a part of the show. Our call in line is 920-358-0795. Core. I want to introduce a special co-host today. Uh, somebody that's going to help me carry the load today. It was a recent guest on Fox City's Core. I'd like to welcome Jackson Minkowski back. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. You were on a, a few weeks ago, and, and your yeah. latest single was a single that was recorded at the Heist, and you recently moved back from California. Are you still yeah. finding your footing in the the area trying to get back set in the scene yeah i'm excited i'm actually going to nashville now for the whole month of february so i played all my shows um for this little run but i'm going to be back in march uh to kind of live here for a couple months and then play a lot of shows so everything's been going good yeah i guess i'm moving in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things are good that's yeah. great great to have you back here in the fox cities thanks uh so our guest today is a singer-songwriter based out of Wisconsin. He's been a part of the music scene for over two decades. His latest release is called Winter. Of course, he's in a lot of different projects. Girl in the Gun, Kurt Gunn Band, uh, Kurt Gunn in the Port Town Proper, and Kurt Gunn Singer-Songwriter. I'd like to yeah. welcome Kurt Gunn back to Fox City's Court. How are you doing, Kurt? Good. Hey, thanks for having me back. But, I was excited when you told me last night that Jackson would be here, too. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, it's It's been three years over three years since since yeah. we last spoke, and just, some stuff's happened since a then. A few things, yeah. World pandemic and, <laughs> you know, some other things. A real-life pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you recently released, and I want to get into it later, sure. but you recently released an album called Winter, which is obviously fitting for... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a six-song EP. Um, just released it a couple weeks ago, I believe, now. Um, it's been a work in progress and, and, uh, unprogress for a little while, a few, few years, but finally finished it up this year. Well, let's talk about the EP versus the, the full length album. So it, technically what makes it an EP? It's under six songs. Is that, um, or under I'm seven? not sure what the, um, the number is. I believe it's, I don't know, four or five, uh, like sure. three to four. Because technically, like, I think that would be an album, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, um, I'm not sure. I, I think uh, EP is six or less, I believe. Mm. But I could be wrong. It stands for extended play. Did you think about throwing a couple extras on there just to... Well, you know, the funny thing is, no, I didn't. But um, it was going to be a five-song EP. And then I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I thought it needed just a little bit more. And uh, I ended up writing one song. Um, I think I was going in the studio at one, and I wrote a quick song in the morning to put <laughs> to put on the album because I thought it, it needed this little middle piece, you know. Because kind of it's kind of a themed album, winter, and I tried to space out the songs of the progression of winter, which brings you to New Year's, the last song. You did that all at Rock Garden again, which is sort yeah. of your home base recording studio. Yes, Rock Garden, yep. magical room. I would yep. like to record in the Heist room though, because yeah, I've done some shows there, and it's mm-hmm. I can't imagine uh, it 
translating to recordings has got to be amazing. Yeah, I don't know exactly which room they record in now, but when I was there, we re we did it in the vault, um, and they used the natural reverb of the big open space part of the of the bank. Is that um, that's the room with the big dining room table in it or yeah, something? Yeah, okay. Yeah. It was pretty cool how they did it, but yeah. I love how the different studios have their own really unique separate vibes, but they're really good. Well, that's you know? the thing. You can get super uh, different. It's like picking different guitars with different tone woods. It's the same yeah. for studios. Uh, Mark's studio is obviously amazing with the yeah. open space and and the heist is... I haven't recorded there, but... Well, actually, uh, I recorded a live album there. Uh, Deusterhoff did that with... Um, just a condenser mic on uh, my guitar and one for the vocal. Aaron's the best. Yeah. Yeah. We He's love good. Aaron. <laughs> He's good. Yeah. So the, the heist, they started doing these things when COVID hit. Yeah. And Sam Luna just had this vision and yeah. started recording bands, like good good quality recordings yeah. where they could release it. And I know Jackson released a single that was recorded at the heist. Yeah. It wasn't even supposed to be really a, a whole release, but I just turned it into one because of the quality that Sam gave it so and well you yeah. know they got to record it too it was the whole thing was great so I just recorded it yeah. usually when Sam uh, what did you say he got a uh, a feeling I'll say a vision a vision yes right. that was it usually when Sam gets a vision it's a good thing yeah right <laughs> <laughs> like oh boy exactly. hang on this Here is gonna be cool <laughs> yeah that's great so the the album you did there you recorded it and released it on Bandcamp only, and then yeah. recently put it out to other platforms. Yeah, more so due to laziness. Um, <laughs> I put it on Bandcamp, and that's just really easy to do. You know, you just upload the songs, throw a picture on there, and you're good to go. But the only downfall is uh, not a lot of people go on Bandcamp <clears throat> or use Bandcamp. Um, I like Bandcamp. I do, too. Yeah. Um, like, I love the musician Jerry X, and she, her stuff, she has an album that's only on Bandcamp, and uh, it's one of her, her best albums. Yeah. So I have it. I listen to that, and uh, a few other. I have Tom Thiel's on there. and I, mm. I enjoy watching your social media, Kurt, just because it's so raw and honest. Like, oh. you, you'll, you're a songwriting machine, constantly, like, putting up videos you know live videos sure of you playing just in the in the garage which you, you sort of lay your process out there and you also do a lot of kind of breaking down songs and, and what sure. they mean which it, it kind of gives an insight into to use a songwriter do you feel a little like sense of fear like being that open with your songwriting when you're you know putting what? that out there for uh, everybody andy i'm 46 and i just i've come to a point in my life where i don't really care you know, it's like, um, yeah, I'll post an intro and I'll be like, oh, I like this. And I'll put it on Facebook. And mostly what I'm doing in this whole process, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So I'll put a snippet on there and just to kind of gauge what reaction it gets. And then uh, maybe I'll finish that song and I'll post a video of it. And maybe I'll change that song the next day, and then I'll post the change. And then off of that, I like to um, feed on the comments. Like if something gets nothing, you have to take into, into consideration that it's Facebook, right? So right. 
Um, but if I get a good response for it, then I know I've got I've got something, and maybe I'll try to tighten it up and make a few word changes, uh, tenses, and look at all that stuff, and go from there. But usually, I'll leave them up for a few days, and then I archive them. I don't. It's just uh, me, I guess, trying to see what's what people think. It's nice. In general, it, it's nice too because of the rawness of it. You're not. Yeah. You're not like you can tell you're not getting up and making sure your hair is all perfect. No. And then making no, sure just, the lighting looks good. It's just. No, hey, I don't care about any of that. But I mean, I'm happy that you care about that stuff because it looks <laughs> great in here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just me and a little Apogee mic. If I'm feeling ambitious that day, otherwise it's just phone audio. Yeah. Usually, you know, usually my kids um, will. My seven-year-old for sure will come in and sabotage it at some point. And, but yeah. yeah, do you ever use one of those mics that plug into the iPhone? Yeah, uh, that's that Apogee that's mic. That's what that is? Yeah, oh, okay. it's a condenser mic. Um, those expensive? Um, I don't know. Yeah, because I saw one for like 170 or something. Yeah, that's right around where they are. They're under yeah. 200, I think. They're great for recording live shows. For videos too, right? For videos, yeah, yeah. Plug them into the phone. You can spike the audio. I've used yeah. them for a few uh, COVID podcasts where I wanted to boost my yeah my audio a little bit. And Facebook Lives, maybe. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I used them for all the Facebook when I was doing all those Facebook Lives and raising yeah. money and, and stuff for people. I I use them all for that too. Did you do it for that Tundraland Tub Tunes that one time? That was uh, in quarantine. Remember they had us go live. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Home. Yes, I did have, I did have one for that one as well. Yeah, yeah right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, I just saw that today. Yeah, on Facebook. I used the I used the kids' bathroom. That was a big mistake. So, like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny, like yeah. they were knocking on the door every two seconds. I love that. So the last time you here, it was before COVID. COVID hit, and then you found yourself instead of like playing shows, you were doing virtual things. Yeah. Well, like everyone was just trying to figure it out, you know. Um, it's like you ride your bike every day, right? And you love riding your bike, and you're a kid, you know, and you love yeah. you love it so much. And then winter comes, and you can't ride your bike until May. Yeah. And that's just like the feeling I got. Like, just I can imagine like my seven year old just he he just had a birthday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got a new bike. And he's just sitting there staring at it, you know. Can't do anything. <laughs> so you try to figure out what you can do. And what everyone was doing was Facebook Lives and right. just popping on and trying to give give people a little bit of normalcy, you know, to right. watch a musician play. As far as, like, when you were going to get started again, I know you a few months ago or it could have been longer than that, you expressed some sort of... Um, kind of inward feelings that yeah. you didn't know if you wanted to keep doing this. Is that a feeling that comes around often or was well, that just... Well, you know, yeah, it, it is. Um, I'm not going to lie to people. You know, like I have, uh, I get really bad seasonal depression, you know, and it's like, it seems like every time around this, this year, um, I feel like that scene in the jerk you know where he's in his bathroom and he's leaving the house and he's like i'm taking this <laughs> and i'm taking this lamp and yeah. I, I feel like that like every winter yeah. like just super in the doldrums and like so i came off that year of covid of doing nothing and um 
I just got really complacent. You know, I, I stopped playing guitar for months. I came out of the gate hard, and then I was like, oh, I just couldn't do it anymore. You know, it's like, I don't want, I just want to do shows. I want things to be like how they were. And then realizing things aren't basically, I, I still don't think they are like they were. You know, I, I don't know if you yeah. agree with that or. Yeah. No, I, just, I, I it, actually do agree with that. Yeah. It's post, I don't know, what do they call it? Post COVID syndrome or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just like. Um, do you think it's more like attendance or more just how people sort of interact with other people at these shows? Um, I'm not really sure. I can't put my finger on it. Um, I just know that it's changed. Um, I enjoyed, there came a point where I enjoyed the break and I enjoyed not having to go anywhere. I'm an introvert. So for COVID, for me, it was kind of like, you know, cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of actually feel similar. There was no, like, I got to be here. I got to go there. I got to talk to these people i gotta go do that yep there was none of that stuff and i was starting to kind of um enjoy it and then yeah i got super complacent uh super and then super angry and then super depressed and i like went through all these mm-hmm. phases where um stages it, of grief right yeah basically. basically and it took me a while to get back to and i'm still not there but it took me a while to get back to um sorry wanting i guess or uh, needing that drive. Um, just like this EP, you know, it's like a six-song EP shouldn't take that long, and it took me two years um, because I put it down so many times and walked away for, you know, half a year or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I don't probably uh, rambling, and that is a long response to No, it, I but. actually resonate with that and relate to that a lot, because I didn't write a lot of songs in COVID either, uh, or touch my guitar for months. <clears throat> I was very much um, not playing guitar and just stepping away from and write, okay, writing And okay music. with it. Yeah, I was very okay yeah. with it, because I was kind of thinking, I mean, I have years ahead of me to continue playing music, so I might as well take these couple of years for spending time doing other hobbies that I want to do and maybe turn those more into bigger projects and start focusing more on that. But I think everyone kind of felt like that, and especially as live musicians, you know, we couldn't play live. So, it, right. you know, it was just a weird thing. We could go live on Facebook, Instagram, and all that stuff. So we would do that sometimes. But yeah. But I totally understand. It's like, I think a lot of musicians probably stepped away for quarantine too but then you have the other musicians who were like oh i went so hard in quarantine yeah. and recorded three albums and <laughs> but it's like everyone's yeah. different and like some people wanted to use that time differently so it's like to each his own you know i felt bad I, I feel bad and i felt bad for the touring musicians the full-time musicians yeah. you know I'm, I'm fortunate i had a i have a job that doesn't close you know for anything so um I was still making money. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was a tough one. Yeah. So when you started with the winter EP, you just wanted to get it done. It was like something you wanted to get done just to have something new released. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I needed a, a spark, you know, it's always fun releasing something new. And you kind of sit back and and know that people are out there listening to it, and and some will email you or 
comment on you and give you the feedback and it's it's like um you remember when you were in school and there was that one day that everyone had to like write down on a slip of paper something nice about you and then yeah. they put in a hat and then you got to read all the nice things about mm-hmm. you and how good it made that you feel. That is kind of how it's like. Yeah. <laughs> so my seven-year-old, yeah. he, he, it was his star week last week and they made this laminated book of all the things that the classroom had to say about him. Wow. And we've been reading it. That's um, awesome. As his bedtime story, he wants to read <laughs> it every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to read it every day. He's like, I'm sorry, I Dad. I'm just that. so obsessed with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's okay, I man. You're, you're ready to be a musician. <laughs> we'll just throw just in that one that one page that says something mean about you, and we'll yeah. see how you handle that. I kind of yeah. love that. Yeah, <laughs> that do, is amazing. Do people ever give you mean, mean feedback? Um, I've, been, I've been trying to be... Um, more like you said, like I just put a video up and not worry about it, right? And I'm trying to be more transparent, I guess. There's a lot of things that nobody wants to talk about, which is, you know, depression, anxiety, um, self-doubt, all those things. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to stand here and tell me that none of those things have ever happened to you, then, you know... That's great, but I'm not going to believe you. And so what I yeah. sorry, no, <laughs> what I try to do is be is be open with people because I can't be the only one that's uh, feeling these things, you know. And you can't gauge other people's feelings. Like I, I could say I I feel lousy today, and some you know uh, good mood person will be like, oh no, you don't. I was like, well, you know right. what? Yeah, I do. I do. And you don't have, it's not affecting your day, so don't worry about it. Carry on. So I got a few, um, a few comments on some posts I made. Uh, you know, I get in the doldrums. I put it down. It gets off my chest. Maybe someone reads it. Maybe they don't. Maybe someone says something that takes me out of the doldrums. And that's happened. Um, and these, there's a few, you know I've had a few where these people leave these comments and it's like you're not you're not helping me you know just right just move on you know you don't have to read it you don't have to comment on it um so yeah there's been a few a few of those things but I'm learning to deal with them better I just don't you know years ago if someone said something I would maybe it would maybe mess me up for a week yeah you know I did a a show at the Meyer, of uh, was it last March? Um, it was always like kind of my dream gig, right? Yeah. Because I started playing in Green Bay, um, at a young age, like twenty, twenty one, and you play at these bars on Washington Street, and we'd load up our cars at the end, like three in the morning, you know, after a four hour show. And I look at the Meyer, and I'd be like, man, someday. Yeah, someday I want to play in that theater. Yeah, you know? here in Green Bay, that's like a big theater. Yeah, that's like it's awesome. I yeah. saw, I saw really good bands there. So I saw David Crosby and Graham Nash there. It was wow. one of the better shows I've ever been to. Wow. Um, finished my dream show. Walked outside. We were gonna go to a, a bar next door, and a guy comes up to me and he says, "Hey, I really enjoyed that show because it was with the Kirk Gun Band." I really enjoyed your show. I was like, well, thank you. You know, I'm glad you enjoyed it. He's like, it was good to see, you know, 
it was good to see you get the band out there and play some rockers. Yeah. Because uh, he's like, ah, your folk stuff. He's like, oh, man, I just, I hate it. He's what? like, I just hate it. What? I was like, oh, well, you know, that's cool. Like, who says that? <laughs> well, this right. guy did, yeah, yeah. This guy did. He felt he needed to, maybe he was trying to help me, you know. Wow. He's like, yeah, I just, oh, I tried. I just can't do it, man. I hate it. I was like, <laughs> <Man>. okay. <laughs> that one, wow. That one set me back a few days, but... Um, you know, and then try to take, and I try to put myself in that person's standpoint. Okay, maybe this guy was an old, old fan of mine from the commonplace days, and he misses that, you know. Just like I miss, I wish the Counting Crows would release August and everything after something in that style again. Um, I would never stop Adam Duritz on the street and tell him his new records suck, you know. Could you please mm-hmm. <laughs> go back and do the stuff i like you know whatever it's like yeah he probably doesn't listen to many acoustic singer songwriters no you know he doesn't or and, people just don't like know that right. they're words like it, obviously right. your your solo stuff is stuff you've worked very hard on and people yeah. just kind of take that for granted that yeah it, all the time that goes into that and yeah probably thought he was giving you a huge compliment when he probably was you know and i, and I took yeah. it as that i at first i was like you know you know if, if you right you know? <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> and i sat i went home and i dwelled on it for a good you know day and a half and then i took it as a compliment i turned it around i'm like all right this guy remembers me from all these years ago um i'm not that anymore i've evolved into what i am today and i like where i'm at and i'm okay with that so i took it as a compliment you know thanks you know, yeah. you've evolved enough where I, I miss your old music. That's what I turned yeah. it into. <laughs> yeah, it's good to turn things into good things. Right. You can. We've, yeah. uh, we've got a question here oh. uh, from uh, DJ Bear. A uh, question for Kurt. I love the track way deep down there, especially the acoustic version recorded at the heist. Where did the idea or the inspiration come from to write that song? Thank uh, you for the question. Yeah, thanks for the question. Um, that was... Um, I always mix up these movies. The Green Mile. Is that the one where they electrocute the guy, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Green Mile. Yeah, with Tom, Tom Hanks? Yes. Um, I, was, I watched that movie. Um, I started the song. And um, it's basically, the lyrics of the song are about this guy that's on death row, basically, and he's going to get, he's going and, in the morrow to get the chair you know yeah so it's his night before in his walk to um the electric chair um and i i always like that line in the green mile it goes roll on one yeah roll on two you know and so i have that in the song as well so it's basically that and ghost of chesapeake are both uh based off of movies that i've watched uh ghost of chesapeake was uh um, the Johnny Depp movie with yeah. the the uh, Bonnie and Clyde one, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Or no, I'm sorry. Wait. Dillinger, where he's Don John Dillinger. Public oh, enemies. Public enemies. Oh, okay, yes, okay, okay. that's what that song's about. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, way deep down there's about Green Mile. Yeah. Well, 
<laughs> loosely based. What is that Johnny Cash song? I should know the the one where uh, or the, he covers it on the Folsom Prison record where uh, he he's talking about it's like counting down to he's going to get. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I do remember that. Yeah, what uh, that I can't one? think of the name of it right now, it's but it's the whole song. song. Yeah, right. Yeah, going to when he's gonna get. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Thanks for the. Did I you. did I answer that? I. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, we kind of talked about the heist earlier. Does the and I'll say up front, I've never been to the heist. I, I feel like I've been from seeing the pictures, but playing in such a place does that sort of help to bring out sort of a feeling in the in the songs when you're playing, does it matter what venue you're playing in? Totally. Yeah. Um, for me, and I'm sure Jackson will agree with this. Um, if you're on stage and, and the stage sound doesn't sound good or the room doesn't sound good, it takes me completely out of it. Like I, I, I have a hard time with it, you know? And, and the heist, it's like the, you don't even need a microphone, you know, technically, it's there's so much natural sound in that room that uh yeah so i that for me it plays a huge factor especially in that room when people are listening to and it's just you could hear a pin drop and it's like you're up there and you can hear yourself so well and you're yeah we're in an old bank right now yeah and if there's five people at your show and five of them clap and that in that venue it sounds like at least 30 people are clapping yep (laughs) (laughs) Kurt, you talked about commonplace today you brought up the name when you were talking about the uh the comment from the the uh the fan uh commonplace was a band in the green bay scene when you started in the 90s and you were doing i think covers and originals right yeah i remember properly trying to well we were trying to do originals you know that was way before it was uh allowed uh, me and Brad Bordini started that band when we were kids. Um, it was a duo, acoustic duo, and it ter- evolved into a, a full band and then dissolved, you know, in, into nothing. But um, yeah, we would we would play our, our covers and and um, what kind of covers? Well, you know, we were. I just went and watched Brad play at La Vie the other night, and and. Uh, Einstein on the beach came on mm. on the, and that's a old County Crows song. It's mm-hmm. only on Geffen Rarities. Um, I remember us learning learning that one. Um, we played some guffs. We played, uh, you know, just the songs that everyone played. Blister yeah. in the Sun, you know, the crowd pleasers, and then we try to sneak in our originals and something. Venues would tell you, no, no, don't even play them. You know, don't play them. We don't want you. Oh, guy, a guy told me once, he's like, um, comes up to me before the show, the owner does. He says, no, I I want you to play some uh, Neil Diamond. I want you to play some of this. I want you to play some of that. He's like, don't go get a big head and playing your own music. No one's, here. He's, no <laughs> one's here to hear that. You play wow. what they want to hear. I was like, okay. And so, like, we just, we obviously played our originals, and but I just said, like, okay, here's here's one from Neil Diamond. And then we'd play our original. Yeah. Because that guy doesn't know. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, that's not how it works to book musicians. Right. You don't get to be like, this yeah. is what you're playing. This is what right. you're not playing. You I mean, want people to listen to what 
they know, then just yeah, don't pay to, like, a musician. Do your research on, on the artist you're having perform, right? And then, yeah. and then let them do their thing when you right. book an artist somewhere, right? <laughs> do you feel yeah. there's a, a little like war between original bands and local bands or uh, cover bands, cover bands and original bands to this day where there's a little animosity? Towards um, the... It's interesting. Yeah, if, if I said no, I would be lying. I, there's always some sort of um. I have no animosity towards cover right. musicians. I'm friends with uh, with guys that are in very, very successful cover bands. And that's great because people need that. They need to go into a place and release at the end of the week. Um, my friend Eric Johnson is a drummer for the glam band. Um, I would take any of those musicians... Um, and do anything with them because they're amazing musicians. They give those people on a Friday night after a long week of work, they go to um, wherever they're playing and they listen to their favorite 80s songs for three hours and they go they go home maybe feeling a little better. So um, they're doing they're doing that for people. And so I I have no animosity towards cover bands. Um, it's a lot of work. You have to learn other people's stuff, note for note. I don't ever, that's why I started writing my own songs because I couldn't figure other people's out, you know? So do you feel it comes down just to people feeling they like don't have the opportunity that I think, and I don't know, it's such a touchy subject, but I think that the, the cover bands get a little like, um, they think that all original musicians are sticking their nose in the air and looking down at them and you know maybe some of them are but for for me personally i'm not yeah i um, kind of feel like we're all doing the same thing right you know? we're all playing music and vibing with the audience and trying to put out the energy of the songs and well there's relate. some late yeah and there's some people doing both original right, and right. Bands so they can get a taste of i always you know, do both right. kind of i throw in like some of my favorite covers you know what i mean but it mixes. i do in the with same my, thing but right. i have to try to change them up and, right. and make them to my feel i don't right. necessarily play a cover note for note like girl only gone we play a handful of covers yeah and we change them and and i would like to play them and then watch the audience and you can tell when it clicks, like maybe halfway through the songs, they're, they're like, "Oh wow, this is yeah. uh, this is Cecilia, mm-hmm. um, you know, or whatever." And we do a crazy version of uh, "Only the Good Die Young," you know. And There's like, so many legendary covers that are made original, basically. Yeah, you know, because yes, totally. They just put their own feel of what they would write over their favorite song. Yeah. So if you think about like Rick Rubin and Johnny Cash doing "Hurt" yeah. by Nine Inch Nails, you know. That's a good example of that because he turned it into something that it would not have become if, if Rick and John didn't get their hands on it. I, I remember one of my kids. So uh, this was uh, maybe a f- I don't even know how many years ago, more than a few, when that one like band put out uh, that Simon and Garfunkel song. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can't think of the name of the band, but it was like, uh. it was so weird. <laughs> but my kid loved it and yeah. he and he brought he's like dad they're always trying to like get a song that i like they always want me to say oh i like this song and they feel like they've accomplished something you know? <laughs> yeah right and, the, and one of the kids played this i think it was sound of silence maybe oh, yeah, yeah. that this band did a well-known band mm-hmm. on the radio whatever and i was like oh yeah that's a cool song 
and I start singing along to it, and then they're like, wait, how do you know this song? Yeah. I was like, come with me. Yeah. Went downstairs, put on the album. Yeah. You know, Simon and Garfunkel played it for them. They're like, oh. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just a song from the 60s, you that's know? Awesome. So it's like, yeah. that's kind of cool. They bring, uh, to watch things come full circle, you know, a little bit. We, we've uh, got a couple of questions okay. that, that sure. I kind of yeah. failed to see. <laughs> First one is uh, from Keith. He, he uh, wants to know how many shows are you playing full band this year? Oh, well, I don't know. The answer is I don't know. Um, <laughs> it looks like you, you posted a picture of your, your schedule book, so you're looking for shows. I, I think. I'm looking for them, yeah. If someone wants to book the band and and contact the band and make sure they're not playing in the 18 bands they're in because i don't want to do that so if you want to do that legwork for me um um ever since covid i i more or less quit that end of the of the deal i don't i no longer email um people to try to get shows i just sort of take it as it comes now and that keeps me i guess a little less busy than I was. Um, like maybe I'd like to have more shows, but I just can't, I can't deal with that end of the business anymore though. Maybe it's quality over quantity. That's you know? what I trying yeah. to do. You know, I'd rather play in a listening room, I guess, than a room where people are eating mashed potatoes, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. So if someone emails me for the band and it works out, then uh, that's the, the we'll do that show, you know. We had a, another question from Armstrong Street. I don't know if that is uh, Mr. Armstrong, but yeah. the question is: Who are Kurt and Jackson's biggest influences? <laughs> Jackson, I'll let you go first. You're gonna let me go first? Yeah. Well, I've been. I mean, it always changes. I feel like I go through phases of I'll, I'll get obsessed with one artist for like a year. And then learn everything about them, you know, and then move <laughs> yeah. on to the next one. Yeah. I don't do like two musicians at a time even. It's like I focus on just one. So it's always different throughout the years. But right, uh, the past uh, couple of years have been like Neil Young has been a big one. Um, Johnny Cash, I always loved Johnny Cash. And uh, so there's a couple of like classics that inspire me all the time. Um, Your staples. Right. And I don't want to be like, obviously, Bob Dylan, obviously. All these other, like right. John Prine, obviously, these amazing songwriters. Uh, so I'm trying to think of like unique ideas, but maybe you go and I'll think of one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for yeah, for me, it's uh, I like all forms of music. Um, I'm not a snob. I lis I listened to rap when I was a kid. I love The Descendants to this day. Uh, I love Metallica. I love classical music. Um, I love Alfred Hitchcock soundtracks. Ooh, you know, for, oh, talking like, about Vertigo. soundtracks. Oh yeah. my gosh, composers. Yeah, like okay, yeah. yeah. If we're talking about that. I I love that stuff. But I love uh, influences uh, as writers. I would say one of my main influences in my formative songwriting years uh, was Paul Simon, uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash. Because the, these are the bands that my dad turned me on to, uh, Bob Dylan, um, and a huge one when I first started writing songs was Adam Duritz from Counting Crows. I mean, he's a very uh, underrated writer, I believe. He's you know, 
Yeah. He was a huge one for me. Hmm. Thank you for the questions. Yes. Thanks. Rick Armstrong Street. I want to say Jason Isbell was a huge influence of mine, honestly. Um, So, yeah. And Willie Nelson, those guys. I had to think of some. (laughs) Willie's turning 90 soon. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him live pretty recently, too, and he was sounding great. He's still got his chops, man. He can still sing. That's what the bummer about David Crosby is. He still was, like, his last album that he put out at 79, He was. it still sounded like David Crosby. Right. Yeah. We talked about the sound of different rooms, different venues affecting how how the performance goes. But I noticed from seeing you at different venues, you play different guitars at different times. Is there a reason that that you're kind of is there a different instrument for different times? How does that fit into the picture? Um, yeah, for well, for me, it is. I mean, there was a huge chunk of my musical career where I just had the one guitar. And so it. You know, and it probably doesn't make any difference, but um, there's uh, different guitars for different uh, sounds. Different you know? tones. Yeah, right? I like I like a mahogany guitar. Um, and when I play a non-mahogany guitar, it sounds different. But I might, if I'm playing with a band, I might use a non-mahogany guitar because it's a little brighter and might cut through the band better. So, what are the, what are the two acoustics you usually play with? Um. I have a triple O eighteen at Martin. Um, nice. That's my main. I've yet to find a guitar that's more comfortable than that one for me. Um, I have uh, a local uh, guitar builder, Corey Arndt, um, has a company called Ardent Guitars. He made he made a guitar for me uh, based on my playing style and specifications. Wow! And so I use that one, and that that is a guitar that cuts through a band real well because it's very it's a triple o but it's very very loud mm-hmm. guitar what so, do you play it through usually um well i used to have a i have a fishman matrix pickup in that one and then i have a lr bags amp and or i'm sorry a fishman amp and a fender acoustic pro so one of those yeah um yeah yeah i have the loud box mini Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. That's a great. It's amp. good for acoustic songwriters and people. It's yeah. perfect for that. Yes. Yeah. It's a. Uh, they make good amps. Yeah. Girl and the Gun. Uh, yeah. I think it, when you were on last time, it was Gun and the Girl, and you were yeah. going to be changing it to Girl and the Gun. Had the opportunity to catch you guys at the the uh, I can't remember the courtyard shows at the mm. Paper Valley. I don't know what it's called. Sure. Um, Paper Valley. Right. Yeah. But that. It was my first time seeing Girl in the Gun. I enjoyed it. And you guys are sort of playing like Kirk Gunn's Greatest Hits because you're kind of pulling in <laughs> songs from other projects as well, Yeah, which I thought was really cool because if you're a fan of Kirk Gunn, you're kind of getting... You're getting that too, yeah, but you're getting it different. You're getting the gun or Girl in the Gun spin on it. You know, we play those songs different. Uh, some of them even, the lyrics are different. You know, if you, if you pay close enough attention, uh, there's a song like Four Letter Words. Um, I don't personally enjoy playing it by myself, but with her and her harmony on it, um, it's a completely different animal. Um, Get Where I'm Gone is another one. Uh, we do a lot of Port Town Proper tunes that, you know, sound completely different with her. Um, yeah, it's nice to have company on stage, too. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. It's always a good time when Amanda's there. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> and her yeah. singing is like you know, mm-hmm. amazing. I remember hearing you guys at the heist one time. It yeah, was amazing. 
How did yeah. how did you meet Amanda? I met Amanda through a mutual friend. Um, she was playing in a cover band called Big Papa and the Spritzers with Brad Bordini and a guy named Adam Hendra and herself. And I've always been really like Brad's like my brother, my non brother brother. So we've been friends since forever. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's a new girl, you know, you got to come in here, you know. And so I went checked it out, and that's how I met her. And then things kind of evolved, and we started, you know, doing some shows together. And now we do the duo, which is uh, when I talk about those emails coming in, <laughs> you know, I'd say 85% of those emails are people that want Girl in the Gun, you know, especially in the summer. It was a fun show, and you guys are obviously, like, very – self-critical during this set yeah you're talking a lot about how you don't practice right yeah we yeah who has time to practice she's got a pile of kids i got a pile of kids you know yeah but uh yeah so it sounds like you have fun with that project and i'm assuming the kurt gunn band and like poor tom proper doesn't play a whole lot is that because of just getting all the guys and um kind of their schedule aligned I just don't get a lot of uh, emails for the band. I um, I think it's bands are tough, and they're getting tougher. It's harder to get into certain rooms. Uh, people want you to fill out forms now, and they want your TikTok follower com- numbers. And <laughs> yeah. I got, I've seen that a few times with yeah, a couple different I'd, venues. So I've seen it like three times now where someone wanted to know my TikTok followers. I, I don't really. Yeah. Like locally? Like you fill out a thing and you got to say how many followers you have and on Instagram. and It was like two two of the major Appleton venues recently yeah. did that. I was surprised with the first one and then the second one came out. I was very surprised well, it's too. It's like how many followers do they, what's the number that they want? Right. Like, and so and all hundred? you had to do was put in a number, right? What if you did follow for follow? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then it's like you can get to whatever. Well, not everyone like, has matter. Instagram. And it was, right. and it was like a required question right or you couldn't move forward that is weird yeah i know they did that in la too i just but i guess if you you could just lie you know and say oh i've got 1000 well you could always buy it you You can buy followers followers for some reason like even the the model music submission forms used to want all the socials and that can all be faked like if you're coming from yeah and if it's right if it's local and you have all those uh, it doesn't matter how many followers you have if it's a local gig. depends on how many people in the area are going to show up to that gig. Yeah. So it's like you could have someone that has no followers but is really well-known in the local scene. You still need a bunch of yeah. people. You still need so, that local opener to draw the people, you right. know, whether they're on Tick Tweet or not. You right. need, you know. Yep. <laughs> yeah. we, uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> we should start that. Tick Tweet. Yeah. Oh, the that sweet thing? sounds of Kurt Gunn. That, that song... So that song's in open C. Uh, that was the closer to the to the the EP, and that's what made me finish it. Uh, was that tune? I went to Gibson, um, shared a bill with a band called Salmon Run, and uh, the guitar player can't remember his name. Played this beautiful song, and after the show, I went up to him I'm like, "Hey, what, what tuning was that?" He's like, "Oh, it's open C." And I went home, and boom. Yeah. <laughs> Done. All right, there. That's cool. <laughs> now I have a guitar just sitting in open C because it's uh, it's just a beautiful tuning. Does it sit in open C? Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, do you use open tunings a lot? Uh, I'm. I feel like I've maxed out 
on the four chords I know. Dad so, Gad. Yeah. You ever go to that? I got one in Dad Gad, I got one in Open C, and yep. I just tuned one to uh, Open E last night and was nice. messing around with that. But yeah. Cool. Jackson, you've got a picture of the, the night <laughs> yeah. you met, uh, Kurt. From 2014, because uh, it was at Abravo at the time, the bistro in uh, Green Bay, I think. Green Bay? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Or, Bellevue, Green Bay. Right, Bellevue. Pool or a pond. If I can show it on these cameras, this one maybe. That was, um, I think it was... Brad Bordini. Brad Bordini, and you, I. and Corey Chisel, yeah. and me. But that was the night we met. I think I was 13 and a half or 14. Yeah. 13 and a half. <laughs> I don't oh. know. It, it, was, it was cute because, uh, yeah. yeah, he's like, I, got, I need a chair. I need a chair. Yeah, right. Exactly. Man, I can't stand oh, up and. You couldn't stand and play guitar. Think, That's how green he was. I think it made me feel more comfortable <laughs> to like sit. You know. But I remember yeah. uh, watching you play, and you were playing original tunes at thirteen, yeah. and I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> like, ah, I think I remember I, saying to you that night. I said, "Hey, man, don't forget me on the way up." That's awesome. Well, <laughs> I just I always look back and I'm like embarrassed on my voice and old oh, videos and old times. I'm embarrassed on my voice from yesterday. Everyone, so I don't worry too. about it. I yeah. feel like that all the time. But I appreciate that. That was a good memory, though. Yeah, that was a fun night. Yeah. I want I want to kind of memorialize this great uh, thing that happened today. But uh, <laughs> Kurt showed up today with a painting. Yeah. <laughs> are we gonna show this i love that yep i gotta look this way i mean that that does look a lot like jackson yes <laughs> so you saw it where I, was it? I saw it was at a thrift store with my wife uh, a few months ago and that that picture was propped up somewhere and i walked past and i kind of double take i was like holy cow that's jackson mankowski <laughs> So I bought. I, when I showed it to my wife, I said, "Who's this?" She goes, "Wow, that looks like Jack Mankowski." So I bought That's it and so I've been waiting funny. for uh, to give it to him. So man, I can't wait to put that on the wall in my <laughs> new place in De Pere. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't talk to you about this the last time you were on Kurt, but your grandpa was a Green Bay Packer. Yeah, I mean, how what growing growing up was that? And you know what? Uh, so yeah, so. Not only was he a Green Bay Packer, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You Are know? you kidding? Yeah. Dude, I didn't know that. Third 1,000-yard rusher in NFL history, and he was in a rushing title race with number two oh, wow. in the same year, 1949. I think the first one was Betty Feathers. I'm not yeah. sure, though. How did that feel wow. growing up with your grandpa? You know what? I didn't know. I didn't even know. He's got this immaculate uh, trophy, his office, his trophies and all this stuff. And I remember being a kid. And um, he had his 1,000-yard rushing trophy and plaque sitting in his office. And it was, next, it was sitting right next to this hole-in-one trophy from Oneida Gulf and Riding. Mm -hmm. And I thought that hole-in-one trophy was the coolest thing yeah. ever. Like, <laughs> yeah. to me, that was, that was his greatest accomplishment. And I had no idea. But uh, Where is that now? I don't know who's got it. Uh, you should get it. Yeah, well, they have. He had five kids, and oh, yeah. they, you know, I did yeah. get a Super Bowl thirty one ring though. Really? Yeah, because he was still on the board of directors then. So. Do you ever just wear it? No, it's too big. Wear it at your. Gigs? It's so big. It's like up yeah. to here. <laughs> you can just have it. It's ridiculous. You're playing guitar. You got to. Yeah, there's no way I could play guitar. I get carpal awesome. tunnel for sure. Yeah. So yeah. you've once. I think he passed away about twenty years ago. Maybe um, a little to bit early twenties. I think oh three or oh four. So I mean he. Hmm. But when he actually passed away, you were by that point you were oh yeah with I had kids uh, my 
my oldest kids had met him as their great grandfather. Yeah, I was lucky enough to have him for. Um, he lived to eighty four. Um, both my all my grandparents lived a super long time, but yeah, he was. Uh, he was a really great great. I've yet to meet anyone that says they didn't like him. You know, not that they would tell me to my face. Maybe outside the mire, but. <laughs> <laughs> So was 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 your grandpa a fan of your music? Um, that I don't know. Uh, I don't think they ever. I, me and Brad played in the house at a Christmas uh, get together one time, and of course, you know, all grandparents aren't going to love your your artwork you bring home from school. You know, they're not going to. I bet they did. They just don't know how to say. Yeah, it. maybe. You know. Yeah. I feel like they just they're like they just don't know how to say. It, yeah. You know. <laughs> i yeah. think that's that's pretty cool and especially that it you know it is something you're not out there saying constantly that hey no. my grandpa's in the football hall. yeah well <laughs> you know to me it was just my grandpa tony you know right some pump right. oh yeah <laughs> um so you did a, a video on an eight millimeter camera <laughs> uh, for a coat pocket which you talked about the yeah how that song came about. You found a ticket stub in your coat pocket from the year yeah. before. Are we going to be able to like in the future, maybe see like a professionally shot Kirk gun video? Um, first off, I don't have an eight millimeter camera. That was an app. That was an eight millimeter app. Yeah. See, I pictured maybe you had like one of your old grandpa's camera. No, or no, something. just an app. And it was a joke. Must have worked. Uh, good, though. Worked good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I looked, I mean, I looked at it. I was like, wow, it looks like the real Consider deal. Consider me fooled. Yeah. Yeah, um, I did a couple videos. I'm just not a video guy. Um, that professional video guy, I guess. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I could do a music video where, like, I had to be in it and as the actor or whatever. It's hard to be in the video yourself. I've got a few videos that I did, like, uh, at Rock Garden, uh, regarding little girls is one, and uh, the piano the piano one on Long Drive to Nowhere. Yeah. Um I can't think of the name of it right now. But that was a live video as well. And at, we used the live video as the track on the song. Mm. Well, I can't think of the name of that song. There's that one you did at Rock Garden that was live, right? Rockaway. Rockaway. Oh, was it? Yeah. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the videos I have. That's cool. You did uh, something. It was like a, I don't think they've done it a lot at Gibson Community Music Hall. It was like a, a songwriter's Oh kind of, yeah, almost like Nashville does. Like it was uh, writers in the round. You're yeah. gonna see more of those. They're starting to pop up. Uh, it was David Paul Martin and uh, Danny Nichols. Yeah. Oh, I love Danny Nichols. Yeah, yeah. she was great. Was that- yeah, that was fun. So you sit up there together and um, each take turns playing a song, you know, and then you can kind of interject and just kind of mingle and talk up there. And I was there. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It yeah, was you awesome. were there. I remember yeah. that. It was cool. And I think that's kind of a cool way to bring different songwriters together because I talked to David Paul Martin after that. And of course, yeah. I had to ask him, like, hey, what do you think of Kurt Gunn? And he said, I didn't really know anything about Kurt. And he said, we really got along. I really love his songwriting. Yeah. And it, Likewise, I, his his tunes were really good. I told him at the end of that song about the cab, and I'm still thinking about it. You know, such <laughs> yeah, a good tune. I talked to David after. It's David, right? David Paul. Yeah. Um, he was a really cool guy, and I hadn't even heard of him before. No. But Well, I've heard of him, but I think he kind of like went off the radar for a while i yeah. think and now I, now I start seeing his name pop up again yeah he was cool brilliant guitar player really amazing yeah well i think he kind of got caught up in life 
because he yeah, recently got married happened. and had yes. his oh, first had child. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Right. But it, so I guess while we're talking about other artists, is there anybody else like on the scene right now that you guys are just interested in? And I know Amelia Ford is kind of splashed. Yeah, in the last couple. Her new album is amazing. I'm actually doing a writer's round with her at Couple Joy. Um, she asked me if I'd do it with her. Um, I I can't remember when that's coming up, but um, a month or two. I think uh, Sam Luna's working with this guy Cal oh, Shimmers, yeah, he's right? Good. Yeah. 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 So I want to give him a shout out, Cal Shimmers. I think that's his last name. Um, if I'm wrong, correct me. In Nick, the future, correct. <laughs> Nick Gonnering is a name. Like, the Valley people are going to be hearing more. Um, he's a brilliant songwriter and performer from Green Bay. Um, he just did his first Appleton show the other night at Gibson and pretty much blew the room away. That's cool. Um, I can't say enough uh, amazing things about Michael Grabner. Oh, same. As a, as a writer, he just put out a new album that big album made me sick to my stomach <laughs> yeah, when I listened to it. It's too good. <laughs> do you, yeah. Do you guys both feel sort of like not competitiveness, but when somebody puts out something you think is really great like you feel you have to kind of meet or match that or i would be lying to you if i said that i listened to michael grabner's album and started to self-doubt myself as a musician it's his i mean the same <laughs> no it's amazing yeah it's, and it's it's amazing because it's isn't it just him and a guitar yeah that's it that's is it, it is that it yeah on that it's album? just him and a guitar and the picking the guitar it's his is uh his picking style is it's uh i would put him in a room with kenneth pattengale literally from milk carton kids literally That's um so good. and his lyrics his are lyrics are amazing yeah and the way he sings is awesome and i just had a like a coffee meeting with him like a week ago just to hang out and like touch base and i want to start uh writing with him as well as you we talked about yeah that. i think if all three of us wrote a song together that'd be ideal so maybe when i yeah, get back for sure yeah Something I want to do more this year is try to write with other people because I've never yeah, done collaborate. it. Yeah, same. Last question I have for you, Kurt. When's the next album coming out? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, hard to say. I do, I do want to mention, uh, before we run out of time, but doing a release show uh, with Michael Gravner and I are doing a co-release show. at. Uh, all I know right now is it'll be March 2nd at Gibson Music Hall. So detail, gonna, details to follow. I'm going to try my best to go. Yeah. yeah. But uh, as far as new albums, uh, I have one that's been sitting. Um, it's it's done. It's sit, just been sitting in my SoundCloud. Um, an anonymous donor donated $500 for me during, during COVID to go record. That's awesome. And I went into Rock Garden and um, recorded a whole album straight to analog tape. Um, and I just haven't done anything with it yet. It's just kind of sitting there. But there's that's, that. It's exciting to have things just sitting there. You yeah. Know, just put them out whenever. Right. But, yeah. yeah. For a rainy day. Yeah. Uh, I know that Amanda and I are going to try to um, put out an album this year. Um, as far as that, um, I mean, I got... I've been saving songs for years. You know, some novelists do that where they, yeah, they write a bunch of books when they're on a hot streak, and then they kind of leave them in their in their yep. desk drawer until you know the publishing company says we need a book, and they're like, here you go. Yeah. So I got a stockpile of songs I could really just sort of chill for a few years. Yeah. <laughs> but, Are they already recorded, or do you need to? Record no, them? they're just there, and I know I could pull from them. Uh, 
I need a band album why I can go pull eight songs out of my my uh, thing and go record them. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. Last time we talked at Gibson when you were doing that show with Danny and, and David, um, you said that you were doing more short-form songs, kind of? Like yeah. Like two, two minutes and something. You Seems were to interested. be. Yeah. Uh, like that River Freeze, I wrote that the morning right. the morning before I went in to record the... I was going to record New Year's um, for the EP. And I and that song, I think, is like 10 minutes or um, two minutes and some odd seconds. And Mark, you know, at the end of it, he's like, God, I love short songs. Yep. And I do, too. Um, it leaves you wanting more. Some may disagree, but I love how short Helplessly Hoping is because um, it's such a beautiful song. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh, man, it's over. And then you play it again, you know. Beatles, short songs, great songs. Yep, some of my favorites are just the short ones. Yeah. It's just, you can repeat them too, and it never gets old. It right. Feels like, because it feels like it should keep going, and then it stops, and then you want to repeat it to make it yeah. keep going. And today's attention span too, it's ridiculous, yep. you know. So uh, under three minutes or three and a half is, I think, pushing it, you know. Yeah. Short form content and songs. Yeah, <laughs> but really though, it's uh, I listened to River Freeze uh, on the way here, and that's your song. Yeah, and uh, if you're listening right now, you should go listen to it after this. <laughs> but it's uh, because it's a really quick song. But it's it's not really quick, but it's it's a quick. It's, more you know, quick it's song. quick. You know, but I listened to it, and I, when it ended, I was like very pleased and content and happy. Yeah, with it. because sometimes songs like. Keep they take going. a weird turn, and you're like, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, you know? I kind of just want it to be wrapped up with a bow and just be yeah. like, okay, it's done. You know? I love that. Yeah. Some some songs need a little bit more. But, yeah. yeah. Kurt Gunn, Jackson Minkowski, thank you so much for doing Fox City's Core today. Fan of both of yours. and uh, Our time is up already. Our time is up oh already. Of course, you guys have an open invite to come back whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come yeah. back. Yeah, I feel like we me. didn't even talk about anything yet. I know that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, let's, I could. let's do this again soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us, having Andy. Us. Thanks. You've Thanks. been watching Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio.